house of only mirrors It isn't easy to ignore There's a grizzly Hey, all right, and welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues this week with my guest, Steve Seolik. Steve is back on the show. He was here in 2018 on tour with the Sidekicks. And he's here to talk this week about his new solo record. And I'm going to put it out there. My favorite record of 2023 so far. Infinite Spring by Super Violet. It's a big one, Bubba's. If this is your first time here, this is a podcast I started in 2016 as a way to interview people just like Steve. Creative folks who inspire me. And I thank you for joining us this week. Thanks to all who are subscribing to the show on your podcast, Player of Choice. I'd like to invite you to visit our website, betteryetpod.com, and check out our YouTube page, at betteryetpod, youtube.com slash at betteryetpod. Got some interview clips from my conversations with Steve Albini and Patrick Kinlan of Self-Defense Family and Drug Church. How are we doing today, Bubba's? I'm drinking that Dagger Mountain coffee, daggermountain.com. Follow them on Instagram, at daggermtncoffee. My favorite coffee roaster in the U.S. of A, right here in Valparaiso, Indiana, the home of Better Yet, since 2020. Let me take a moment to plug my latest web development project. That's right. I'm a full-stack engineer, baby, and we got a cool website, riffin.com. I.O. Riffin is a guitar tablature sketch pad. Our development team, we're all guitar players. We all grew up going to ultimateguitar.com and learning how to play sidekick songs or weaker than songs. And uh, we decided to make our own guitar tab sketch pad. We focus more on the editor. You ever try to put a tab into ultimateguitar.com? It's terrible, terrible times. We built a really cool custom editor. It's a great place for you to save and store your ideas. It's like a notebook for your guitar parts. And we've got OAuth safe and secure on our AWS serverless backend. You can sign up with a Google account. Check it out, riffin.io. How are we doing, Bubba's? This is a very special episode of our program this week. Steve Seolik is here, and it's a good thing that I've got that Dagger Mountain coffee in me because we're going to have ourselves a passionate intro this week. It's, or I mean, we've got so much to celebrate here. We've got Steve's return to the podcast. It's been five years since Steve was on the show in 2018. 
and we're also celebrating his new record. It's his debut as Super Violet, and it's the first record that we've got from Steve since the sidekicks broke up. Which, boy, that one hurt, huh? I mean, the sidekicks were so beloved. We talk, Steve and I talk a lot about the sidekicks on this episode. And I brought my experience with the sidekicks into this, and I feel like I got to express a lot of things to Steve that were personal to me, but also just shared sentiments of other fans who are, are friends of ours, people we know from this show, David Anthony, Nina Corcoran, Max Stern, and Andy Hendricks, two of Ohio's own. The sidekicks were so beloved in their home state and in the Midwest. And what Steve shares with me in this interview, I think is a really moving context to how I process the fact that the sidekicks are not a band anymore. And I think it's just really important to share for those listening that this is a band that Steve and Sanders started in high school playing Rancid covers. They were 15. And Steve and I are about the same age. That's 20 years ago that I was playing Rancid covers with Carl Hay and Dean Boyder and Matt Jordan. Um, Marcus Nuccio, our art director, he's the drummer of Rat Boys, Pet Symmetry, What Gifts. He reminded me that the Please and Thank Yous played a show with the Psychics in 2007. I saw the Psychics open for the Lawrence Arms in West Dundee, Illinois in 2008, height of O'Calcutta. Weight of Air was the album of the year on Punk News in 2009. That meant more than any other publication at that time to me. I remember 11 years ago watching the Pink Couch session for 1940s Fighter Jet. We actually have that up now on our website, buddyapod.com. My friend Aaron Wimmer had a joke for years. Wow, the sidekicks, awkward breeds, album of the year, once again. The end of every year. It's such a good bit. I have great memories of driving to Philly to see the Royal Rumble in 2015, listening to Runners in the Nerve World on CD. Came with the vinyl. Those were the days. And I've also had the last five years listening to Happiness Hours and thinking, wow, somehow this is the best Psychics record. How is that even possible? It's not wrong to feel like the sidekicks didn't get their due. But for a band that grew the way the sidekicks did, there's so much to celebrate. Infinite Spring. Steve is doing it different now. But boy, oh boy, the Super Violet record is really, really special. And I've been photosynthesizing this beautiful piece of art for the past few weeks, getting ready to talk to my dude Steve about this record that he has made both as a solo project, but also with the help, the assistance of his community. Sanders is still playing drums. Zach Little from St. Seneca, band that Steve has played in, played bass. They all kind of produced it together. You can feel the nourishment that Steve's people brought into this to help him see this vision to life there are songs that are from the sidekicks era there are songs like good ghost 
that sound like they could have been on Big Star's number one record. The recording is tangible, it's deep, it's beautiful, and it's knowing. There are so many one-liners that are ripe for interpretation, and we do get into some of those interpretations, but uh, it was a weird recording day. We had a thunderstorm in Valparaiso, had to move rooms. Recording is not ideal on my end. And for some reason, I thought Steve had moved out of Ohio, but he's still in Columbus. Uh, actually talking to me from the room where they made the Overrader video. How cool is that? All right, let's get on with it. We've got this interview that I'm so happy to share this week. Thank you for subscribing to Better Yet. We'll be back next week. For now, here's me and Steve Seolik. It's Steve Seolik is back again. Steve, welcome back to Better Yet. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be back again. So you have not moved to Philly. You've not moved to California. That I think that's maybe what implanted it into my head was the last time you talked, we talked, you were like, yeah, I think I'm moving to California too. And I was like, motherfucker, you're supposed to stay in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I said that. You know, I could do those things, but yeah, back at, back in 2018 when anything was possible. Yeah, well, my wife was. It might have been she was in grad school, and we weren't sure where she was going to end up, like moving. I oh, think that, okay. That, that's completely possible. Now that's a new one for you, saying my wife. How great does that feel? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> And um, and she took uh, she took a lot of these pictures that I'm seeing of you all over the internet and the album cover, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Kosima um, is a great photographer. She does a great job of taking pictures of me as well. Because, uh-huh. like most people, if you have a camera and someone's like trying to take your promo photo, you become really uncomfortable and make weird faces. But she's really good at being like. Don't do that. And she just has like a really good artistic eye. So I'm very fortunate that, yeah, <laughs> she, she takes awesome pictures and um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. And that she's lets me, me utilize them to yeah the artwork and it just makes it like so much more special. I don't know. It goes and like beyond that, just like the vibe of her photography, I think like kind of fits with what I had in mind, like the aesthetic of, of like the band and like the music and stuff, just like she shoots everything on film. And I feel like that just works really well with kind of like what we've been doing as far as like Mm -hmm. the recording process. I mean, even before um, super violet was a thing. Yeah. I I liked all the photos, but that, yeah, makes it great. And she played clarinet on the record too. And sang, uh, she sang some harmonies on the song locket. And I believe that uh, she directed the music video for Overrader, and I'm recognizing that living room. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> we shot. Yeah, yeah, we shot the music video on a on a mini DV camera. She she um was yeah nice. That video is fucking fun, dude. Yeah, it was all her. It's literally all her her brainchild. She, she was like, I was like. Hey, I've, I kind of just want to shoot this like Elvis Costello type like music video. I'll just be like in different places, just kind of singing. And she was just like, 
I'll shoot a music video for you, but you have to let me have complete creative control. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like, she's like, I don't want to just be you just telling me to go around with the camera. She's like, I want to be able to like actually like direct this thing. So she wrote out like a whole script and like, our, uh, like some of our friends all got together and they like wrote out different ideas for what they, what could happen in the song. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wasn't even there during that discussion. Cause I've, I've been in grad school and I was just like studying so yeah. I felt really bad, but it also is like, I don't know, there's like a lot of moments of working on this record of just like close friends in our kind of community of people that are just like, I don't know, they're really funny. They're really like talented people. And they just were like contributing to this, mm-hmm. this art in a way that is, I don't know, maybe like different than, than how I've, how we've went about things in the past with like the sidekicks where like, you know, it's a little more like purposeful, like we're hiring these people. I mean, it's like, it's yeah, I would like to pay everybody that has worked on stuff, but it's you yeah. know hard hard to do when mm-hmm. you know, you're just like, I'm just making this thing right now. Yeah, I like what you talked about with the community that you have there. And I, you know, I think of you as very much like an Ohio person and a Columbus person. And like, you know, we'll get into more of it uh, uh with the people that you worked with on the record. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people in the, you know, just due to circumstances have been reaching out to that local community to kind of create their stuff in a in a way that was um maybe not the same as it was prior to the event, if you will. Yeah, I I think some of it's probably yeah, just out of necessity because you weren't able to like be around people or you mm-hmm. kind of have your close-knit whoever that you're surrounding yourself with, but yeah, I mean, like this specific to this record, that was like completely how everything came about. It was like, I have a collection of songs and I was planning on working with Zach on them mm-hmm. and Sanders on, on these songs. But then that just made it a lot. I don't know. Maybe at, at some point I had in mind of like, maybe we'll go somewhere and record or maybe I don't know, inc- might have included more people in the end. But I, it made it. Yeah, just like make sense to just keep it really like a very close circle of people that were involved mm-hmm. on it. Mm hmm. I also like when you said an Elvis Costello type of thing, I immediately said, oh my God, that is what he's doing. It's that looking in the camera, like the Veronica video where it's just different, different rooms and just always Elvis looking at the camera and singing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like he like, he's like in some, he's like picks up the phone or like (laughs) all of those music videos are incredible. If, if, if people listening have not went down that rabbit hole before, I just feel like all of his music videos are like, it's great. They're like really long shots. Like it's like 40 Mm -hmm. seconds of just the same scene, him just kind of singing and maybe people are in the background and he's like poorly dancing, but yeah, it's what also like just how hard he's going for it makes it cool. I don't Straight know. Up. And the band's always there, like poolside yeah. playing or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I always want to make music videos like that. I hopefully still will do something. I don't know. We had we had other music video ideas for this, but maybe that'll still mm-hmm. come through. It was fun making that video too because it was like you we did it on the mini DV camera and then you have to like figure out a way to like digitize it. And we just found this random kid that was like through Google to get like the cuz we filmed it that weekend. We filmed it and then Cosima and Leticia edited it like the next day and we had to get the tape. We, we filmed it, went to this kid's house. It was literally just his apartment and he's just uh-huh. like, hey, I think he probably works at like 
I don't know. I don't know what his other Best job is. Buy, yeah. <laughs> but no, literally. And he's like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's tw- it was like $20 or $15. I'll, I'll dupe this tape for you. And like gave it, gave us back on like a, whatever hard That's drive. Awesome. And it was like literally within, it was just like overnight service. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. That was like a wild thing too, that it all just kind of worked out. So it was filmed and edited in, in two days. And then it came out, I think like a few days later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Real quick, when when did you start going to grad school, and, and uh, what are you doing in grad school? Um, so I started I started physical therapy school uh, last May, so it's almost been a year now. Yeah, how's um, that going? It's good. It's yeah. hard. It's like just very busy. It's different because I I went to Ohio State and got like an undergrad degree in biology, and I graduated in two thousand and eleven, and then kind of like I had always like wondered like oh maybe I'll go back to school and pretty much like in 2019 and obviously in 2020 like everyone's we were just kind of reassessing I don't know Mm -hmm. what I was going to do for the next however long of my life and at the same time like I had been working at a screen printing shop that my friend owned and he actually sold the business and so it just was like all of these things that like I don't know we're just kind of like you don't realize the impermanence of things maybe and then Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like all right I don't know like just thinking a little bit more seriously about my future I suppose and I'd always really uh enjoyed like learning about like just like science and like health sciences and then uh physical therapy is essentially like my my family's uh craft like both my parents are physical therapists and my younger brother is a physical therapist and my sister-in-law is a physical therapist (laughs) so when it came time to like think about well what am I gonna go study like what do I want to try to do it was like you know they're very um supportive of of going down that route and it's been really cool I don't know I enjoy it I've had physical therapy in the past for chronic pain and I every time I was on that table I was like I wish I could do this for a living yeah that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, you get to meet people and talk to them and all that sort of shit. So does being in grad school when you have a, a record coming out tomorrow, is that helpful for your brain when you have <laughs> like something much more, I guess, important in the grand scheme of things? I don't know. I mean, it definitely makes it so that I can't do as many of the things as I want to do. Like, for instance, like being able to be more involved in like the making of like the music video or something mm-hmm. like there's parts of that that you know like you kind of only have so much time that you can devote to your day um, yeah. but I'm trying to trying to do it all I mean like my main like a big part of why I wanted to you know like even just release I just want to release songs that I write so if I'm writing songs yeah. I just always want them to come out mm-hmm. at least that's how I feel now and I feel like I don't know it makes me pretty stoked that you know, these songs are coming out and like I get to talk to people like you or like people mm-hmm. write about the, the album or something. And I'm not like engaging with music in maybe as, the same way that I had in like the past however long, like not, mm-hmm. you know, just like playing house shows before even the album comes out or whatever. Just like we got this album coming along. Um, so that's just really I don't know. It's affirming in a way that like because that's kind of my dream just be to like write songs and just put them out and then just kind of go about my business and write some more songs and put them out. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's, I don't know. That's my, definitely my favorite part about playing music is just the like, just that 
the creative part because it's just mm-hmm. so like wide open. But yeah, I mean, like there's I would be lying if I said it didn't make it like more stressful or something to try to do both of these things at the same time. But like it's more like maybe puts a little pep in my step if I'm like, oh, I've got this song coming out because yeah. it it feels like such a big part of who I am. And like it's how I like process my own feelings. It's how I like mm-hmm. I just feel better if I'm being creative, you know, and mm-hmm. that's how I've pretty much since I started writing songs, like obviously you're in school with like, when you're in high school and stuff. And it's always been a thing that I just do- have done. So it's like, yeah, feels a little bit like I'm just back in that mode again, where it's just like, all right, I've got this break. I'm going to try and book some tours during this break or whatever. You are trying to book some tours during this break. That's good. That's I'm trying good. to. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing a bad job at it, but <laughs> I'll play some shows. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Um, I am happy to see that. I wasn't sure if this was going to be a thing that we were just like only going to get to experience digitally or, you know, having the having the records at home. Um, but I am glad to hear that there are some shows in the future. Yeah, trying to. Um, you have been getting some nice press, though, this week. You got a Stereo Gum album of the week. You had a really nice write-up in Pitchfork by the homie Nina Corcoran, past and future guest of this show. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, because I, I I, think that one of the things that I was, you know, maybe we were both kind of commiserating over with the Happiness Hours was, seemed like it was a record that came out, people liked it, and it wasn't really given the attention that we were kind of hoping that it would get. So, um this go around when you're getting cool things in the press is that fun for you is that like is there a redemption feeling to that uh not really just because i don't know like with the sidekicks like we we were a band for so long and anytime we would make something or put something out it's you have like low expectations especially coming from like the kind of world that we came from like the punk kind of realm like you're not getting yeah. ri- like it's a newer i think it's a newer phenomena or whatever for mm-hmm. for punk emo adjacent type bands that maybe could be considered indie to be written about in a positive light in like music press i feel like that's you know, if you look at the older views that they now revise of a lot of those right. websites, like, yeah, 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 we're we weren't considered cool, and then now it's like, oh, actually, all, all the people that grew up listening to that music now are writers, and they're like, yeah, actually, this music is sick. <laughs> <laughs> so it just takes that long. <laughs> well, we're here to discuss Infinite Spring, and like any spring, we start then with with death, and that was um, <laughs> so. A little story, I guess, for for me was driving from uh, the place where we recorded in 2018. I was dropping you back off to um, the bottom lounge and we were talking about just state of music, like whatever. And it was very clear to me that your band was going to break up. I was not surprised at the announcement, Um, but I can't say that I also was not like devastated. And I know a lot of people were feeling devastated by the fact that the sidekicks broke up. Um, I guess I don't want to go over the difficult times, but I mean, yeah, talk to me through the last like couple of years of, um, of your band, if that's okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's weird, because I don't, like, if I think back on stuff, like, like, of of starting the Sidekicks when I was 15 or whatever with, with Sanders, and, like, we're yeah. in high school, and we're just starting this band, and we were called the Sidekicks, like, we're like, that's what our band name's gonna be and stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. For so many years along the path, it was like, oh, we're putting out this album called Weight of Air. This feels like a good time. This feels like a different thing. We should change the band name. We should kind of start fresh because we were always we were playing like rancid covers when we started out. And right. this, that felt different. We're like, we listen to Tegan and Sarah now or whatever, or like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> mm. uh, like there was just so many points along the way of us being a band that I just I think I just felt like it would be cool to like start fresh you know and like when we're playing it's like feel felt like we could you know just uh, like i always felt like it didn't shouldn't like matter that you have to have this perfect progression from album to album and that it has to like make sense but inevitably like you go nowadays like your whole catalog just exists in this one long like playlist essentially and like yeah you know like everything exists in the in this in the spectrum of like what you're catalog is for a better word mm-hmm. uh, lack of a better term but i don't know like there was just so much always it was always like a thought in my mind of just like what would happen if this if this music was presented in a different kind of like i don't know like packaging Package. or something yeah. yeah yeah like because i always wanted to feel like and especially with the sidekicks like i think we always wanted to feel like we can just put literally all of our energy into writing the best possible songs and playing the best possible shows and everything else can just kind of figure itself out, you know, like, yeah. And, and to a certain extent, I think that that it was, we were like successful in that way. We made the songs we wanted to make and we like got to play like crazy different countries and just like play all these really cool shows. And I think like, um, and have like amazing opportunities, like work with all these different producers and stuff. Like, I'm kind of just going on a rant because like essentially like that's the idea Steve. At the, that's at what the a podcast of, is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But like at, at the end of all of it it's like I don't know like you can't help but feel like um I don't know. Like music and like the way it's presented like it 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 affects how you perceive the music I suppose. So, I don't know. That was like a part of it for me I guess. It's just like maybe like feeling like we can just close that whole book yeah. in a way and just let it sort of just exist as like what it was. Um, so there's that. And then I, I don't know, like it was more of like an individual or a group sort of decision. Like we were all just, I think it's, it's like a feeling that maybe started for each one of us on our own. And then like a thing that you just kind of wonder about, like, are we going to just continue to do this? And, for mm-hmm. me, at least, it's like you get, you sort of are in a cycle of just like putting a record out tour, putting a record out tour, putting a record out tour. And like, um, it almost feels like it's a thing that you are like, it's your, it's your job to do that. You know, like, well, we've, we spend like a year, like we need to, we need to probably put a record out. And like, it's cool. Like when you have uh, an audience for that and they're like asking you, like, when's the next thing going to come out and stuff. But I also mm-hmm. feel like it can like, I don't know, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a little hard. It's hard for me almost to, like, totally, like, conceptualize, like, the feeling of around, like, why you're just not feeling like you want to do it anymore. But 
that's just sort of how it, how it went I, down yeah dude i'm like can... and, and like because i think as a band like we had such amazing chemistry like playing together i feel like like i would bring a song to the table and everyone would just be able to sort of like find ways to improve it or whatever like we'd change stuff up we'd come up there'd be like completely new aspects added to the ends or like in the middle of the song where it's just like what if we did this and like ryan's playing some bass part and we're just like can just go off and just jam on this thing and it becomes like this whole new Mm -hmm. piece of music that just out of thin air like it's not like someone sitting down like writing out this music like i feel like as a band like just that unspoken just like communication that we had together like i feel like was i don't know it was really great to like to be able to experience that um i really feel that too sorry to interrupt but like just specifically what you said about ryan playing a bass part and you go into it it's like i'm just listening to happiness hours in my head and i'm hearing medium in the middle and it's like yeah fucking that is what that is that's just people together like making yeah that was exactly that part that song like yeah medium in the middle and like the end of weed tent is just like ryan's like what i'll just start he's just like playing the bass part and we all just sort of like all right now we're going around this path and it just like just natural things like that would just happen but um yeah i don't know like all that's to say is like uh i just feel like we we did like everything that we probably set out to do and more that like with Mm -hmm. the sidekicks and at like at a certain point of like playing shows and like touring and like putting out more records like it it i don't know it just felt like it was just like good time to just be like all right like let's let's end almost on like you know a a high note so to speak where it's just like and we 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 like toyed with whether or not we were going to say anything and i think Mm -hmm. we we sort of made the decision we all sat down and just talked about it um in 20 early 2020 and then the pandemic happened and then it was just like well yeah. you know we don't really need to make any sort of announcement right now right yeah i guess but we're not was doing just, anything for the ever and it's like okay yeah cool, it almost just... felt silly that we even had the conversation in the first place because it felt like it would have just yeah, naturally right. just like uh-huh. <laughs> maybe we're not making another sidekicks record now mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. because i had then also just started reassessing a lot of other things in my life like so i don't know yeah what other things oh just like my relationship with just like touring in general and like that like being a musician and yeah having that be like like being in that i guess like hustle of you know like trying to make money playing music oh we were talking in pre-pro about you know the which which tour were you on that i saw you last that i I feel like you were in that position where it you know, you would have your headline where you make the next record and then it's like whatever main support slot works is where you would end up. And yeah, that is, it's tough. It's weird that it's that mechanical. Um, yeah. But it's just the nature of the of the beast. And I, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can't help but feel like if I think back on that, like, you know, like we were building some decent momentum so to speak with like touring and more like more people were coming out to our shows in the last however long when we were banned Mm -hmm. than they were previously like we i don't know and i also will say like i don't think we were like the best at playing that kind of game because i don't think any of us are like particularly like 
you know, like marketing business strategically minded as like uh-huh. some other bands, like where you see their rollout and you're like, yeah, this music's cool, but you know, what's really cool is like their music video and their promo photos and their t-shirts and like their mm-hmm. aesthetic and everything yeah. like that stuff matters more than I would like to admit, but you also don't have to engage with your music in that way. It, but it, but it is a way to help, you know, garner a little more like attention to your, to yourself. Mm-hmm. not everyone does it that is popular but i do think it helps yeah yeah certainly um going back to yeah what you said about ending on a high note is that it i think it really did help like solidify my feelings on your band which was every record was better than the one before it and um i mean fuck man like Medium in the Middle is my favorite sidekick song, and I've like been a fan of your band since like 2008. That doesn't really happen a lot, you know. You um, and that record, I don't know. I I hope you get you've gotten enough like positive personal accolades for how good that record is because I I was thinking about this, and this is what ties it to Spring is that since I've moved to Valparaiso, I've had three summers of lawn mowing now and happiness hours is number one for lawn mowing (laughs) next to, and second place is hold steady's separation Sunday. So shout out to John and yellow for for making the greatest lawn mowing music in the world. That's Uh, incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Also made me realize like, man, Steve and Craig Finn really have some, similarities here it's very easy to not notice them because the vocal delivery is so different (laughs) like (laughs) twins twist like come on (laughs) yeah i mean i like the hold steady a lot i like i like the one lifter puller album a lot too yeah fuck yeah fiestas fiestas and fiascos Mm -hmm. it's funny that you said the lawn mowing music because there's you're not the first person that's said that to me actually really yeah eric eric kronstein who recorded like weight of air and awkward breeds mm-hmm. um he I, th- I remember him coming up to me like after happiness hours came out he's like yeah he's like i, I listened to the whole album today while i was mowing the lawn it's really awesome <laughs> <laughs> and i was like cool i i think that that's like when you can find music that you can put on while you're doing like you know an extensive chore like whether that be like i'm gonna clean my whole house or yeah. whatever i'm gonna clean my room like for me it was like i'm gonna clean my room like when i lived in like a house with a bunch of different people those were like those were the jams. So yeah. I take it as a high a high compliment. Hell yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> that you that you um that you understand. Yeah. Um so it sounds like, you know, I wrote this question out and I kind of already knew that the answer was no, but you ne- you haven't stopped writing songs. The end of the sidekicks was not going to be the end of you making music. It sounds yeah. like no no i think it was like like as far as like how that ended and how this project kind of started it was just like i i continued to write songs and i continued i had ideas for like maybe just like more kind of quieter stuff and i considered just like having it be this kind of offshoot type thing like where i just would make a quieter thing or Mm -hmm. like it could probably have made sense as doing like a lot of the songs that are on the super violet record are songs that we 
there's a few there are songs that we jammed on just like as a band, including Big Songbirds and Locket, which like yeah. I'd say both for me, but like both of those, like how they how they turned out was just totally informed by like, you know, like what I was talking about before where we would just like play stuff together as a band practicing and like just different things just would kind of morph and make sense through that like mm-hmm. the process of like jamming on those my song ideas. Um and yeah, like so the the end product of that jamming i feel like really informed just the vibe of how those recordings turned out so um but yeah that kind of is a good example of how it was just like a little bit of like a fluid thing or like the sidekicks ending i still and like the song good ghost i wrote um and i played on a tour that i did with jake from slaughter beach dog like a solo Mm -hmm. tour i did with him and um there's a few other songs that i was like big songbirds was another one i was like finishing up and like because i knew i was going to do this solo tour it kind of gave me a little bit of incentive to like try to write some songs that would like make sense as just by myself and i think a big part of that was just like having having like a little more attention paid to like the lyrics and like make sure that it was like what i'm saying is something that i'd be like interested in hearing you know yeah big song words is a great one to talk about because the the lyrics that you have on there are just like so spot on it's like i know exactly what you're saying even though it's coming from all over the place (laughs) like like nina Nina and i talked and and uh shout out to hugo reyes he was there too but when when nina wrote that um that review of of the song we talked about how funny your lyrics are on there (laughs) (laughs) thank you like that line tell trevor or whatever like where the fuck did that come from because it's so good it's so fucking funny (laughs) i don't know i think it's like i think it goes back to like the craig finn thing or like the mountain goats or something where like for one like life and situations are like a lot of things that are kind of like sad or tragic or that suck also like in a way are also it's like funny like humans yeah. are just ridiculous but yeah i was just thinking about like i don't know like a someone that's like pissed and jealous and is like can't can't cope can't like cope with their feelings and talk it through so they just want to kick someone's ass it's yeah like, that's funny to me i'm not someone that's ever been in a fight luckily <laughs> never fought anyone <laughs> partially because i'm fast and i can run away but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like but like fight it even just wanting to fight someone i for whatever reason i respond to that like i think it's funny like when some when people have wanted to fight me i like it's like a, it's probably bad because i almost start laughing it's like yeah what? i'm kind of this <laughs> i'm working on like bringing down the anger a little bit in the past couple of years um but yeah yeah i there's something about being like a little stinker that is always, always enticing to me is like just getting in a position to run away is something I fantasize about a lot. Still. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, yeah, you're just like poking the bear and then just trying to run away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I think the like humor part, I think that too is like, that's something that always catches my, attention with like songs that i like whether that's like warren zevon or like randy newman or like you know people like that even like 
like Jenny Lewis or like she's like, got some good there's tons of like too, modern yeah. modern writers that are just you it's like you it takes you out of that like this this song is like a an homage to some older thing like because clearly like the music especially like big songbirds or something it's like mm-hmm. you know it's pulled from maybe a different era of of songwriting in a way like just like trying to trying to go in that path of like the kind of older production style but add some new stuff yeah. but i feel like um i don't know it, it just goes back to like you have this point or this like thing that you're trying to kind of talk about in your song but there's ways to do it that i think are more effective if you like i don't know if there's like some humor in it or something to like make it feel a little more like real or i don't know that's yeah. like my my theory on why i try to like put that into a song but well there's also that kind of like that self-awareness too i think of like this is definitely going to for the majority of people who are like listening to it who aren't just hearing about it for the first time who aren't just hearing about you for the first time they're going to be thinking about steve from the sidekicks like the self-referential side of the stuff i think really like you you lean into that like very very well i think humor is a great use of that yeah i think that i think like because there were obviously there were songs that i wrote for this record that were around like when the sidekicks were a band but i i do feel like having it just be like where this as i'm writing these songs this just feels like it's it was just me like thinking up these ideas and i'm just gonna i don't know how these are going to be released i just tried to allow like allow me to put a little more of myself into the songs because i think in the past i like at times like or with the sidekick songs i wasn't always trying to make sure like oh this is like i wouldn't say all the songs are autobiographical in any way like a lot of it it's like i'm thinking of this character or whatever and i like put Mm -hmm. things that maybe i've experienced into it but i think you know some of these songs i tried to be a little more like be introspective a little bit more as I'm writing it. Like try to try to relate it to things that I've actually felt or things that I've like, I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I yeah, feel like really I've, I live, yeah. I feel like I, I placed myself more into the songs on this record than maybe I had at points in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that it, as a listener, you know, it's, it, it's like you get to participate in this way. It's like, you know, I can think about writing my own songs and thinking about like, you know, oh, I know that this homie is going to really like this line because they're knowing where it's coming from. And then, you know, I hear something like surprise release sixth album is the greatest rock and roll band. And it just fucking kills me because I'm like, I I know what he means. (laughs) Yeah. That one's funny because it was it was like I think I wrote that while the sidekicks were still a band. Yeah. So it was like, but it's funny now because I think at, I saw someone online had said something like they thought it was like an Easter egg with like, oh, the sidekicks are putting out another album. Uh huh. Which you know maybe we are. Maybe. I, I mean, does that sixth <laughs> album is it on tape anywhere? <laughs> if one could compile recorded material for it, or were no. yeah. No, we were, we were pretty like, we were pretty like, we'd get the album, we'd figure, we'd throw the songs away that we weren't going to use and then, or like repurpose them into like a different 
kind of version of that. So mm-hmm. we put, we made sure we like put out whatever we were like working through. Yeah. Um, so infinite spring, it, it, it struck me both with the, you know, end of the sidekicks beginning of something new, but also like I'm thinking back to 2020 and I was definitely like thinking about spring a lot with just the timing of that. Does that, does that phrase come around, around that time for you? Uh, no, the song, the song was written before that, like the infinite spring. It was, it was a little bit more of like, I think I wrote, I think I wrote the lyrics to that, like probably like 2019 at some point, it was around the same time I was writing like kind of like good ghost, big songbirds. I think that was maybe the next song of that kind of bunch. And it felt like once I had that one, that one felt very like, I was like, Oh, this is going on the next sidekicks record. Like yeah. I thought it'd be like track one or something like, really? Felt, wow. Yeah. I, I was just stoked about it. Cause it was, a that was like, I was excited about, cause I was trying to write songs that were a little more like one that I could sing better. Like that. I, that I wasn't trying to, I don't know, like push my like range super high, which is like, you know, like that's you're doing that, that enough I... as it is. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's silly because you can't do it live. And I was just like, you know, if I tried to write these songs that were in a more natural range, I think it would actually I would be able to sing them better. Yeah, and that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very stoked about that aspect of it, of it, just like musically, but then also like just trying to find like some different like I don't know, just like musical paths to go down but i'm just i'm saying all of that because i feel like that was kind of what i was thinking of i kind of ended up writing about it in a certain sense on the song where i was just I'm like i'm writing a song out loud right now yeah. and like singing it i'm like i'm doing it different now and then like it kind of like spiraled from there i was just like thinking more about like like applying that in just a general sense to like personal growth, I guess. Yeah. To me, that's like what the song ends up being about, which I don't know. That felt like a good overarching kind of thing that I could just like put around the whole record in a way. Yeah. I really like that. Um, especially the way it like kind of comes in on the, on the sequence of the record too. It is this like statement about like all that you've been doing for the previous eight tracks yeah uh i appreciate that <laughs> we we definitely i it's a it uh, i gotta give a shout out to zach and matt and leticia and cosima because they all helped figure out some of the track listing stuff and what yeah. songs to like kind of cut and things because it's just as like trying to make sense of, it's like i felt like yeah you try to just make sense of how everything's working together mm-hmm. yeah you talk about that having um Zach and Sanders there and and just going through demos like how much material do we do we go through to get narrowed down to the these 10 tracks um there was probably 15 or 16 songs that I had like demoed like to completion Mm -hmm. um and then yeah they like were kind enough to sit down and listen through all those and take notes and we like sat and like talked through it we'd like listen to the song and then oh, just talk so about nice. it and, like, yeah it was it was i mean yeah like to have, you know like everyone has jobs and we're all like you know just to take that time out of your day to sit there and talk about some song i wrote it did feel a little bit selfish because yeah because well but yeah because they're not I, yeah was, right i get it 
but it was yeah i think that was really helpful because you you just really lose track of how to put everything how, put how to put all like kind of like the pieces together mm-hmm. and zach was like he was talking about just like the different there was a few other vibes that we ended up sort of maybe cutting off on the mm-hmm. record a little bit more like a few there was like one song that i was trying to do like a straight up like curtis mayfield type thing it was just oh, like a yeah. stole kind of thing yeah but that song got cut but i don't know I'd like it was fun it. Sa- yeah i don't know maybe <laughs> it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to if like i always just value ever like people that are outside of whatever song i wrote i value their opinion a lot because i know that they like songs that i've written you should like if we're working together they probably like some things that i've done mm-hmm. and you like they're not gonna like everything but usually if they like a fair amount of it like you've got to trust that they have a pretty good like sense of when some like it's never happened where i feel really strongly about a song and then other people are just like nah like yeah. it's usually like you so i try to just get up make sure i'm on the same page with these people that are around me because that to me that opinion is like pretty crucial and i I just like trust their opinion so mm-hmm. people say like that's this thing's not working i'm just like you just can't be defensive about it and you just gotta be like all right well how can i make this better like yeah i don't know that happened with big songbirds like i was we were doing the song with sidekicks and i feel like i remember ryan just being like i don't know about this line or like what's this uh-huh. And I feel like it, it made me sort of re re go back, like go back into the lyrics on it. And that was like, I kind of like came up with the big songbirds. It's just that idea. Yeah. It was a different, it was a totally different thing. Oh, that. wow. And oh, and that's like, like, I know about it. This. it was, a, yeah. I know. And it's so like having that push from, I just feel like that kind of collaboration is like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's so important with like writing, at least for me, like, it's just really hard to like, not, finish the lyrics or finish a song and being like that's good you know like but if you have people around you that are like trying to push it one step further and like it also just kind of goes back to like maybe like trying to make sure that what you're saying is like actually being conveyed or something like Mm -hmm. with your writing I I feel like that was another thing I was trying to like be more focused on too on these songs where I was like maybe in the past I meant something and it just made so much sense to me, but to other people, like it, it like whatever my metaphor was like, they're like, yeah, this sounds good, but I just don't think, like, feel like what I was trying to get at really came across. So I think mm-hmm. with these songs, I was trying to be a little bit more like, you know, lead, maybe lead, lead the, the person that's listening, like to the point a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Give a little more direction towards that. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about working with Zach uh, and Sanders on this stuff. We should say Zach um, from St. Seneca, band that you're kind of in sometimes. Um, yeah. We're certainly <laughs> in um, for a while. Um, and then Sanders, uh, the drummer of the Psychics, your forever drummer. Yes. Um, yeah. Tell me about you. You recorded drums uh, at your practice space yep yeah so we like the whole process was like so we sat down we worked through all the demos we kind of picked our faves and then we just went and like jammed on them like zach was kind of playing bass but also kind of just being like the producer and being we're just essentially because we knew we were going to track it like we we were going to record it ourselves and we just were like trying to get to that first step as fast as possible so we were just trying to come up with like the drum parts and also like messing with song arrangement stuff like oh we're gonna do this chorus three times or whatever um 
And so we did that. And I think we started with Big Songbirds and Locket because we had already worked out the drum part for that. So those songs we did. And then I think we just tracked, we tracked the drums, just us three with like four microphones essentially. And then Zach had a second computer where he had two, two mics that were kind of like placed as like room mics, like one's pointed at the ground and mm-hmm. one is in the bathroom of our practice space. But then that mix, those two mics yeah. to me are like, that's the, like, those are cranked very much in the, oh, in the cool. overall mix of the drums. I don't know. It was fun to have access to, to like all of the different, like, cause we recorded ourselves to like be able to just go into that kind of world of just being like, Oh, what's this sound or what's this sound? And like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I got to live inside of the recording, like so much more than maybe in the past where you're like, you're performing it. And then you just sort of like, all right, here it is. Yeah, you come back is. to the room and it's kind of already there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably, it's a good way to create if you're, yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, so that was how we worked through all the drums and then, um, we went back and like, kind of figured out the rest of the songs and tracked drums again. And our friend Andy Cook came down. He plays in St. Seneca. Um, He brought some more mics and like helped us like track the rest of the drums and stuff. Um, So that was like that first kind of step. And then Zach actually lives, he used to live in the apartment literally next door here. Mm -hmm. And we have a balcony out here that he could just like, it's like a half little like wall that he could just hop over, bring his like preamp and like, the mics that we needed and i would just sit either at here in this couch or i would sit in a chair there and he'd be here and we would just like either i'd play through the song or i would just sing it but like i don't know kind of go like go take a walk or like some days we wouldn't record yeah. we just go fish and just <laughs> caught, like, <laughs> caught, we each caught like these giant catfish in the olentangy river oh my god <laughs> i feel like kosum and leticia were like what'd you guys do they're like well we went fishing it's <laughs> like it's like what so I would have like one day off a week when I was working at the screen printing shop. And that would mm-hmm. be the day that we'd be like, all right, we're going to try and record today. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, so <laughs> I don't know. It's just like such a chill process. Like, cause you're usually, usually, usually it's this thing that you try to like get everything ready. Then you go rush to like, we drive out to New York city. We drive or we drive all the way to Seattle and we're there for this many days and we come home, we've got the record and it's mixed and it's done. This was like, each week it's like all right we're gonna do this and then we kind of just like kept chipping away and like it was cool too because it gave me time to sort of think through stuff and like i was still changing some lyrics at different points and like we'd be sitting there and zach would be like maybe try like this word or try or be like i actually like the old chorus that you're doing on this and i was like really and i just like would do a take and it would just be like all right that's it and like i think that made it so much easier because you're just like it felt it felt like really close to just how I was creating the songs where it's just like sitting there, just playing it and just hearing it. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that, like kind of like just being in that comfortable element made it so we could just like really, really focus super hard on like making sure you get the take, not like making sure you're checking off the boxes on the big grid of like, yeah. Recording yeah. grid, you know, like it never felt that way. It just felt like this really long drawn out, like art project. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, But yeah, I don't know. So that was like the, the um what's it called like the kind of like traces of all the songs yeah yeah yeah, that was like that stuff and then after that it just became like all right what other crazy things can we add to these songs and like i was a lot of that was like either me just by myself or zach by himself like we tracked a few songs like with him playing bass and i'm sitting there like we're like bouncing ideas but a lot of times he would just like 
go home and just spend like he'd be like yeah i spent like nine hours just like working through this base part and then he'd just send me the wave file and i would just pop it in and just be like holy yeah. shit dude oh my God. like it's just like i feel like each each element that we were adding we were just so like not like precious about it but we were just like a lot was put into every little piece that was getting added into the songs like it was like a lot different than like the just like natural like I just heard this song and we're all jamming on it right now. Like mm-hmm. it was way different mm-hmm. in that way. Was, like, so that I think that element just in itself, like just kind of guided the, the production process of it where you're just like experimenting and a lot of it do- doesn't work, but some, some of the stuff does work and like yeah. experimenting with just like what you're writing. And then also just like how we were going about recording it. Like I just didn't, there wasn't like a budget or anything and I had never, I'd only like recorded our demos before and I, I learned how I learned about like recording stuff just from like the internet mostly. Mm-hmm. And just like literally just asking friends, like just hitting people up, be like, what do you, what about this thing? Or like, I, I don't know. Like even, I, I was like texting pretty much any like producer friends that I have. <laughs> so they're all very nice and would answer me. Cause they'd be like, I've sat on this internet forum for so long. Like, all right, what sampling rate should I be recording at? Or like yeah. this kind of thing. And, like, Joe Joe Reinhardt would just like give me a really like kind King. response yeah. and be very like I don't know but like I I like wanted to that was another part about this whole record that I'm super proud of is because like me and Zach had never recorded a, a, a whole album that we were like we're gonna like we're gonna release this and mm-hmm. at the start of it I wasn't planning on like being the one that mixed it it was kind of like oh it'd be cool if we got this person to mix it or this person but as we were recording it I just I was wanting I couldn't help but mess with stuff in the mix just because it was there mm-hmm. and I was it was just like a fun experiment but um eventually like you know I was getting positive feedback from like Zach and Sanders and Cosima and Leticia about being like is that oh this sounds good we just kind of get used to it so then eventually you're just like well I don't know this feels like it's done <laughs> yeah right I was I was looking at the the mix credit and I was like man that's fucking dangerous but i guess you're you're within it enough that you you know that you're not like because i mean you fuck up the mix then like what nobody's gonna nobody's gonna get it yeah yeah well that was definitely i that was why i i didn't it was kind of like are you sure like are you sure this is what we're gonna put out and even when i talked to eric from lamo about like putting the record out like that was a conversation we had he was kind of just like I don't know. Do you want to have someone mix it? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, we all like how it sounds. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to it just because it's like every experience I've had with working different with different kind of people that record have been so like great, like where it's like, I don't know. I'm always amazed at what people can do. And I'm certain that if someone else mixed these songs, it would have improved them. But at a certain point, you're just kind of like, well, there's probably some things about what we did that I really like. And we kind of just like, I don't know. As long like once we started getting some positive feedback from people that weren't involved in the whole process and lost in the sauce, I think we were able to like, I don't know, feel good about just like, all right, the songs are coming across. You can hear what's happening here. Like yeah. it's not totally off base. So I don't know, but it was for sure. Like that was a scary element to it, but it, it makes it like really fun too to like release it and like getting like the test pressing back and just like playing it on my stereo and being like, holy crap this sounds really good Fuck like yeah. it like like the vinyl I, I actually think turned out amazing That's which i'm stoked awesome, about because that was a scary part where you're like i don't know it's gonna translate <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but you can um, hear I'm those bathroom microphones 
<laughs> yeah. Loud and clear. I love that. <laughs> I love that aspect of it. There's so many like just recorded sounds on here that I'm like, where, what is that? It's a very yeah. nice record to just get lost in. It really is. That's great. I'm I'm happy that that comes across. Cause I, yeah, that's definitely how I felt about it where there's just like so many of these, I don't know, little like details that to me, like were added into the song, but like, it's way different than like, oh, we had this person come in and play this. It's like, we mm-hmm. found this weird sound and put it in here. Or like, just, I don't know, we cranked up this hallway mic when uh, my cat is chewing. <laughs> it, I saw that credit. It's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. And I, I there's this really, really great quality to it too, where it's like each song really does have its own sort of sonic texture but everything feels so cohesive like good ghost starts and it's like so haunting it's like it feels like you're sitting there like with you it's really really powerful shit dude that's awesome thank you yeah i think uh i i feel like it's the it's having like a space that you're doing everything in. I think that was like a really cohesive aspect to it where it was like we're recording in this room here and I just have a, we have a mic in the hallway and like, that's, that's a lot of the vocal sound. And like, if you're tying all of the songs together in this really like specific, like place, I think that that, I don't know. I think it just like carries through whatever the production is going on around it. It's kind of like, you're still in this room. You're still in this like place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and also having someone who's talented master the album that helps. That, <laughs> that was that was a big step. Um I love that you also have that Roland Space Echo. I don't know if it's the actual Roland Space Echo that you have on there, but it's like it's at the end of like Blue Bower that echo that sort of just like reminds me of like dub reggae. Um Oh yeah. Fucking go nuts for that shit. I I got really into like some of the i guess there's a lot of reggae like ish like production things like um mm-hmm. i got these two well kosama got me these two different spring reverb units one of them's nice. called fisher space expander which is like it's used it was a car stereo spring reverb so you'd like send your music to the spring reverb and it's like yeah. you know it gets added to just the recorded music but people use them now there's like cool producer people that I don't know, like use these kinds of like spring reverb units. And so that's on it a ton, like almost like the majority of things that, yeah, like I would at least try to run it through that. And then the end of blue Bower is just a pet, a guitar pedal though. I was just messing with. Yeah. It sounds fucking <laughs> but, dope. I, I don't know. I, I really just think it's, it's awesome to see what you've, what you did and like what lessons you took from the collaborations of sidekicks and St. Seneca and like knowing yourself and knowing like what you need in order to make this like your solo thing, like work in the same way. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of confidence in that story. There's a lot of warmth. There's just, uh, and there's just a lot of bravery, dude, for real. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it took a lot of, like, as far as, like, us recording ourselves, I mean, that was why I got Zach involved, was because I was like, all right, I really, I liked all of the recordings that he would make. And, like, he's, 
like a lot of like Saint Seneca uh, singles have been released that he's like fully recorded and stuff. So like, and his, mm-hmm. they always sound great. Um, but I just thought it would be fun to like, I don't know, for us to go down that sort of path together. Just try to figure out how we're gonna like make this whole production. But um, and I, and I feel like just having friends that were really like, I don't know, gracious with their advice, like recording recording folks. Um, that would help me like figure out what I should be doing, where I should place my speakers in my like room. Uh, <laughs> I was like sending yeah. sending pictures to Eric Kronstein, being like, "Should I move the speakers to like here? It uh-huh. just sounds like crap in this room." And they're like, "Well, you need to do this or this." So I don't know. Figuring out what not to buy—that's <laughs> also important. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I think we're gonna have to cut this one because we got some thunder here in Valparaiso, and we've got some very sad dogs who want to get out of this room. Um, oh, but uh, it's there's a certain there's a certain redemption that I think I get out of hearing this record and hearing how good it is, and hearing how excited people are for it. It is like. I don't think it would have happened if this was a sidekicks record, which, you know, it's why it's, it's why it's spring. It's got to come from the death of something, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Trying to like get the sentiment right and also like care for a very sad dog. But um, Steve, no, I, I think, you, I think you nail it. I, uh, I feel like other people are able to, conceptualize you know the music better than i can so yeah i'll leave i'll leave it to the professionals (laughs) um thank you for this record and thanks for coming back dude come back anytime thank you so much for for having me i love the podcast big fan thanks brother well i used to get the verse then i figure out the hook Scribble it all down into a notebook But I'm doing it different now Trying it out loud I've been shading all my thoughts Under a rock of doubt But I've been lighting all the shadows Infinite spring now There's a groundhog out on the town He's doing it different now so when a cold rain condenses in your brain Just take a breath and remember the wind When you leave slow west in all the rest Try to remember we're both Silence, let those thought waves crash through. That's a different sound. 
It's the physical and constant proof you've shown to the real.